On this episode of the Telerotor RC Podcast, Monty starts us off with giving me a little advice. What the hell? Shut up, Rich. <laughs> I don't think Apollo was talking about his girlfriend when he said this. Cue 10 minutes of training to figure out how to, how to turn the damn thing off. <laughs> I wonder if Shaggy's talking about a new girlfriend. Hmm. And I turned it on and off without a problem. Oh, and of course with Cliff, it's always about the butt. How long did it take me to program? Okay, there's a bit of a backstory, but... And of course, I find a little irony in all this. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. Let me, whoa, let me get this straight. 11 minutes and 52 seconds to program it. An hour and a half and a phone call to figure out how to turn it on. If you haven't already guessed, it's our next episode in our Fly Barless Comparison Series, and it's the one you've all been waiting for, V-Bar. Hello and welcome Telerotor RC. This is episode 47, FBL Comparison V-Bar. This is Robert Monty and with me is Michael Shaggy Parker. Yo, Heli, Bing bong. Mike DiPaolo. Yo. Rich Sowers. Hey guys, what's up? And Cliff Lewis. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Hey, that wasn't your usual. <laughs> Get off the field. That was bougie. <laughs> Bing bong. What the hell was that, <laughs> Okay. What we did since the last episode, other than attending an event. Uh, ordered some parts from my heli, and uh, I went to an event. That's it, Leah. I'm moving along. Shaggy. I finally got my motorcycle license, and I may have, may or may not have blown up a motor or an ESC. I don't know yet. And... Yeah, that's it, and I went to an event. Next. <laughs> to Paulo? Mm, good question. <laughs> okay, moving along. Yep. <laughs> Wait a minute. To Paulo's... Hmm? Come on, man. About what? What's happened? Oh, my God. I'm out of the loop right now. Okay, Rich, what do you got? <laughs> He's supposed to be the smart one of the group, too. I know. That's the problem. Um... And, you know, we did have a blast down there. I guess we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah. Oh, my next comment was I didn't freeze, but I guess we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, I am building my new to me Diablo, finally. Congratulations. Getting it started anyway. I got to take the other ones apart. So I'm going to have a couple for sale here very shortly. Make sure you um, use Loctite when you put it back together. Dude. Dude. Make dude. sure you use epoxy. Oh, my God. We got to talk, man. You got to go back and seriously. If you can sniff the powder off your freaking machine after you take out a bolt, you're using a little bit much too or a little too much Loctite. Loctite, Loctite, Loctite just saying. I don't um, know, man. I think that just proves it, it cured. It did cure yeah. over and over and over 44 hours after it was built. Um. Anyway, I think that's all I got. Let it rip. Cliff, what you got, man? Uh, really nothing at all, man. Uh, flown a couple of times, uh, no biggie. Uh, work has been getting really, really busy now. It happens this time of year. People start getting their tax money back. You know, the weather starts getting good, and they get tired of their dogs being inside with them. So they got to get them outside. 
<laughs> and of course went to RCHO, had a had a great time. And before we go any further, I still I want to thank all the the sponsors, the companies out there that donate stuff to these fun flies. Um, that too much of the time it goes without enough thanks. And anyhow, yeah, I just want to say thank you from all of us. We all greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah. Yep. Here, here. Definitely. Okay, next up, RC Heli News and Heli Event Coverage. First up, I'll go with the news. So uh, I actually went to work today, and I, uh, I Cliff brought it up. Uh, Fataba announced a new servo for helicopters, the uh, Fataba HC600. Um, price tags $199.99. It is a uh, cyclic servo, and it is 760 pulse width only. Looks to be, you know, speed and straight uh, speed and torque. Uh, looks to be about what we usually consider uh, well, normal. I don't know. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to the 700, pull a tank. Uh, well, no, I, I would say it's more within realms of what I would consider normal. Uh, so in 7.4 volts, it says it's 0. 0.07 seconds to 60 degrees. And still at 7.4 volts is 211 ounce inches of torque. Fast. Uh, Very fast. Comes Yep, yeah, fast and good torque and 77 grams of weight. Because you need that speed if you're going to be rocking 760. Yeah, and just for comparison, where is the HC700? Thing is, that's got the torque, too. It does, uh, just for comparison's sake. Um, the 0. 0.075 uh, is seconds to 60 degrees at 7.4 volts, and the torque is 277 ounce inches. Um, and its weight is 73 grams, so Interesting. So, uh, a little lighter, more torque, and a tiny bit slower. So, this might actually be, you know, the ticket. The, dif the difference HC700 shows it can be changed between 1520 and 760. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Looking, looking at it. Looky, looky. Next up, uh, the new Diabolo SE has shipped. Actually, I think last weekend uh, it was arriving on people's doorsteps. Yep. Yep. Um the I think the most notable uh, feature that is uh, talked uh, about, not talked about, about yeah, that will 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 tweak your eyebrow is it has a uh, rotor brake, uh, rotor being the the main rotor. It has a rotor brake feature, and so a fourth uh, roll would be a, a fifth, fifth servo, servo. Yeah. yeah, fourth near the swash uh, for how it does its braking feature. Yeah. Um, Talk about some dank blade stops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, that. It's it's also got you know no boom supports. Well, it it will yeah. have. It didn't ship that way last week, but the boom material wasn't available. But um, it will be. Sh it, everybody who bought one will be getting a second boom that will allow no boom supports. Oh, okay. So the current iteration has the boom supports but the the new boom will be in the mail for all those who bought it is what you're yeah, saying yeah it's exactly right then you get when they for everyone that bought one they're going to get the new boom when it becomes available just the material just hasn't been available so and um, it's also got the redesigned front end with a new mount for um, the ESC so it doesn't it sits at a, it's that new 3D printed part 
It also allows your battery or your um, capacitor pack to, to be moved up front and sit underneath the ESC. So there's quite a few changes to this model. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's the heli news. Heli event coverage. We all went to chill out. We did. <laughs> it was a good pull. Except Barely. It was a good time. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I went down what on Thursday, Cliff. You got down there before I did on Thursday. Yeah, just a just so, a just a little bit, not a whole lot. Things got started. Everybody was there was a bunch of people already there. Yeah, it seems like uh, you know sitting at home working the uh, the the notifications for you know so so's gone live. It was it was busy. Uh, it was definitely busy on Friday with the nice weather you all got. Oh down. man, it was beautiful on Friday. I saw people in t-shirts, man. That's insane. Yeah, dude, the wind that was supposed to come in never built in, so it was what pushing seventy degrees. Yeah, it, it was, I was in a t-shirt. It was it was nice. We shut up for the doo doo weather. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, nice. It's it still, was... you know, it wasn't that windy on Saturday, and it was cloudy. We rarely saw the sun, so we didn't get that, you know, get any real warming. But it was still what high forties. Yeah, it wasn't so, bad on Saturday either. Still way better than chill out was last year. It was miserable last year. Yeah, it's yeah. it's better it's better than the years that chill out got its name. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That is true. But I'll tell you what, man, the RCHI guys, they have done so much work on that place. And yeah. They had, they had heaters running for everybody in the mm-hmm. new um, you know, the new shed they built and oh man, it was it was awesome. They those guys are just doing such a good job. I feel like we need I th- I think I feel like we need OG t-shirts for the guys who actually attended when it was really shitty. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> and honestly, I still have good memories of those days. I just have fond memories of Shaggy and I pulling onto the flying field in my minivan cuz it was too cold. <laughs> oh, it was freezing. Yeah, and it was so hard to fly in between. That was a good People think you think that just flying behind the glass of the van would have been easy. Oh hell no! I skid bumped my hood. I was happy. Yeah, uh, I still have the t-shirts. Yeah, I, th- I feel like we need some OG t-shirts for 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 those of us who've been going there since like hell twenty. I think twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Back yeah, when it was a literal good. garbage dump with a shooting boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I put I put many rounds in that shooting boat. Yeah. Um. I, I was listening to the uh, Freefall guys, and they were they they noted that uh they said we drove down to Paulo's minivan, and uh, it was amazing that we didn't kill each other. Um, actually, it was Monty's minivan or or Mrs. Monty's minivan, <laughs> and um, the funny thing is, uh, Shaggy goes uh, really silent because he puts on headphones and he starts drumming. Um, he starts drumming in the back, and and. Uh, DePaulo, I don't know what he was doing the trip down, but he was pretty damn silent. So it was just Ben and I talking. I was gonna say, did ben, what, didn't Ben have something to say about that? Because knowing Ben, that's the kind uh, of thing that would drive oh, he, him nuts. He was trying to be as pervert, his pervert, normal, proverbial self. <laughs> Dude, I could say boobies, and you consider everyone around you perverted. Yeah, and then you guys, then you shared that freaking Bing Bong video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks to Reddit, I, I found, I found. I found some concentrated New York in, in a short video. It's hilarious. Yeah. I, I um, admit. It's stupid, but it's hilarious. We're glad to hear you guys made it in one piece and made it home without killing each other. 
No, I I uh, I got to hang out. You know, of course, we hung out with all their friends. Uh, I flew other people's helis, and uh, saw that. Yeah, flew other people's helis, and um, you know, I, I just had a great time. Got home at a decent hour, actually. It was kind of weird. Now, what time did you guys leave? You guys left what mid after? I mean, not mid afternoon. I'm sorry, early, <laughs> early evening. I think it was. It was, was it like I think six? It was, it was, it was after it was dinner. Like, dinner. I think was it was. Uh, yeah, dinner was early. I think it was six. Yeah, dinner was being so served so early. I made the joke that the boomers had taken over. It was being served early on purpose because there were a lot of people that were trying to get out. Yeah, they uh, were. They were trying to make a time. It was good. Ah, uh, okay. It was served early last time too. Nah, it uh, it served as a great time to hang out with the guys and and see people and whatnot. And there were some great flights by a lot of people. Great crashes. King did some awesome flights and crashes. Everyone seemed to be enjoying themselves. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not gonna even try and grade or or or, or judge the flights, but people looked no. happy. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot um, of fun going on. Yeah. Uh, I think the only other notable item is uh, 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 Rich uh, decided to earn his Braille driving badge on his way home. What? You got your tra- yeah. you got your trailer uh, 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 yeah, touched just, by a trailer. I, uh, or a, yeah, or a big ass truck that I don't know. Yes, I had an incident <laughs> with a semi, and my trailer didn't do as well as I'd hoped. But it didn't. It wasn't bad either. It was just a fender. Yeah, you just bent up a fender, but you didn't get a flat tire or anything. So you made it all the way home without realizing you. I didn't even realize we'd hit. Um, yeah. What happened was we were going down 95 through Dunn. And if you've gone down through there, it's they've got that particular section really tight with the barriers on each side. And um, the truck passed me going down 10 or 15 faster than, miles an hour than I was. And um, it just kind of sucked me over towards him. I'm holding on with a dear life trying to stay in my own lane i could count the freaking rivets on that back of that truck though and um i didn't feel anything didn't hear anything i don't know if it's just because i was concentrating so hard on what was going on or what but when i got we talking about you driving or a doctor visit it could have been both you know (laughs) but it felt like a doctor's visit after i got home (laughs) and looked at that fender i was just like holy crap i mean it chewed the crap out of that fender yeah. Um, I'm like, it's just, it's just lucky you didn't get a flat. That yeah, suck. It, that's mm. the biggest one. It didn't. I mean, it, I yeah, it could have been way, way worse. I'm blessed with what, what, what did happen. I don't, I don't know what it is about North and South Carolina how they enjoy putting Jersey barriers up on the road and giving like no room, yeah. just no room. Yeah, this particular one is tight. It's right there through Dunn. It's from Fayetteville to Dunn, and yeah. it's really, really tight and. Uh, it worries me yeah. every time I pull the trailer through there because it's just that semis pass you on there and they just kind of suck you over a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it's just crap. I mean, yeah, it wasn't fun. But now I get to spend $170 on new fenders for the trailer, so. Cool. You know, I'm all excited about that. You can do some vinyl wrap? <laughs> you know, uh, I know I got a friend or two that can do that for me. There you do. Uh, okay. But, uh, Let's move out of that thing, okay? Yeah. Well, that's it for RC Heli News and of Heli event coverage. Listener questions and feedback. So, most everything's feedback. Uh, there is no uh, there's no Facebook reviews or comments. Uh, Podbean, I did get one review from Keith. 
Um, I can't remember Keith's last name, but I'm pretty sure it's the same Keith who flies an XL Power who we just hung out with at uh, Chill Out. Williams? Yes, Williams. Yep, because he goes by Keith W on uh, Podbean. Keith, uh, talking about our charging episode, he said, One thing I did not hear mentioned when you guys were talking about power supply voltages, pretty much any charger will have a stated maximum input current. And a lot of times they can't achieve maximum output power on lower input voltages. For example, on the ISDTQA, it has a 20 amp input current limit. So if you're running on 12 volts trying to charge a 24 volt battery, it will only be able to output a maximum of 10 amps because the input was will already be at 20. Okay, yeah, no, great point. Uh, great point that, um, you know, you're not going to hit your maximum limits of the charger if you're running less voltage from, a, from an input power supply. Um, that's a great point. Um, next up, no new iTunes reviews. Next up, Discord. I think we got a few comments. Uh, Steve uh, from Pennsylvania, he shared a picture of... A big old a big old wiring mess, but it looks like he's got a twelve volt uh, <clears throat> twelve volt battery there. He said he enjoyed his episode on charging. He attached a picture. He said uh, he's got two cases, both have two power two server power supplies wired for twenty four volt. Currently, the bottleneck is a 15, fifteen amp wiring circuits in his house. Um, he says the attached photos taken while I was charging all my packs for an afternoon at the club. When I came back, I plug into a 12 volt battery and discharge any full packs while storage charging the ones that I flew. Okay, so yeah, his picture showing him discharging his his helicopter batteries into a uh, like a car battery, a 12 volt car battery. That's cool. Yeah. Um, he said the clubhouse has power, so I normally take one case with a dual power lab in this case uh, if he decides to charge the field. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. In a generator. This next comment, I read it earlier, and I'm confused. So if you guys want to look at it or listen carefully, he says, uh, this poster on Discord was Eric, A-R-E-K. He says, I use a Life PO4 pack to charge at the field, plus a dual port charger. Two packs are being charged at 2C. One is flying. Another one is resting. Four packs per heli are then enough to fly continuously. PO is um, lead acid. Yeah, he's talking about lithium a, a lithium lead battery, um, uh, usually called a life pack. He listed out the more chemical part of it. The thing that gets me is, Eric, I'd love to hear more, is uh, what's the specifications on that pack? Because most everything I've handled in life packs is two cells, six volt. And I doubt you're charging with a two cell six volt battery. No, they're they've got twelve volt. They yeah, they've got yeah, they twelve got volts available for RC use. They're expensive. Yeah, I mean for not for RC use. I'm sorry for uh, camper use. I've okay. been looking at them and they're very expensive. Um, a so kind of like a car battery, but without all, without without high current uh, capabilities or something. Yeah, um, I haven't looked into them enough to know because as soon okay. as I saw the price, I I jumped out. Um, and I know guys are making their own packs and stuff, so you can make them as big or small as you want by just buying the cells. And, um, they're lifey packs. They're, they can be discharged 
down to almost zero volts, which is without damaging the packs. Yeah. So it's very different than doing it with a lead acid battery where, you know, you don't mm. go past 50%. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that'd that be something to talk about in the future, I think, with you do a little more research. I know one thing that we did not touch in our review or our, our discussion uh, was doing anything with solar and batteries. Um, yeah. And that is um, being a little more popular, and there are a couple of guys I know that are doing it. I only um, know of one. Yeah. <laughs> I know of two. Oh, Chad. So, huh? Chad was the yeah, only Chad's one. Yeah, Chad's doing it, and so is... Um, oh. Isn't Ed Johnson doing it? Uh, he does it on a small scale with a little battery pack unit um, that solar charge, charges the battery. But, um, oh man, what's his name? Crap, he was at uh, Heliax last year. Oh, you're talking about Steve. Steve, yeah. Friend of Cliff's. They, he, he's charging on solar and has built solar into his new trailer. Okay. And he yeah. had it built into his last trailer. Um, but I talked to him at... Um, at Urcha about it briefly. Um, he, he's actually pretty big into it. Well, I'm going to follow all that talking Rich said with um, hit us up if you want to hear about, <laughs> if you want to hear about solar. <laughs> uh, next comment on discord was from S a Watt. And he said, well, since I just listened to the last show about chargers, I have another source for you. He lists out fortitude RC and fortitude and, and and fortitude is spelt with the number with with the spelling of the number four. So f o u r t i t u d e r c dot com. He says uh, he he posts up a picture showing a a dual Q six case. Um, which I, I you know I I'd love to look at more of their designs. I know the one he posted a picture of. I you know last episode we mentioned about charge setups where the, there was no space horizontal on the deck. This is an example of a charger, <laughs> a charge case where I'm kind of, I, I I'm kind of like ah, because if I set a battery down and I won't be able to see the displays or the, the the balance ports will stab my batteries. So there's not much room to set a battery down. No, it's gonna be off the case. Yeah, it's gonna be off the case. So I wonder how big it is in the two dimensional, how much space it'll take two dimensionally on a on a table. But I have to look and see if they got anything else. But that was. Reviews from all the public places. Email. Emil. Where is that email? We got an email from Javier. He said, hi, guys. I'm halfway through the episode, but didn't want to forget my comment. There is a middle ground between do-it-yourself and industrial power supplies. When I started the hobby, I bought a cheap $50 dynamite profit charger. Mm-hmm. That would probably be a DC charger. He said it was okay at the time, but of course very slow when I moved up to my Blade 360 CFX 6S. Yeah, that's kind of when 6S batteries got a good thing of making DC chargers uh, slow. Then he said, then I bought a used E-Flight Selectra charging setup, which has its own power supply, and that was better. Now I always pre-charge at home. Then a friend on HeliFreak gave me his modded power supply. It's an HP power supply. It has worked perfect. Being a twin power supply for 24-volt output. 
But since I pre-charged, I wanted to charge multiple batteries at a time. I tried to take care of them by charging them at one C, so that meant needing a secondary charger setup. I found out that on Helifreak's user, DSW can make HP power supplies. The one I got from him is smaller and quieter than the one I had originally, and has worked great. No issues at all, so there is a middle ground to find someone reputable that can modify one for you for a fee so you don't go as cheap. But risky as a do-it-yourself or expensive and hassle-free and purpose-focused as industrial. Having said that, I am on the lookout to change one of my charging setups because one of my Revelectrix GT500 died. I have to admit, I really like uh, Revelectrix products because, just like you mentioned, with meanwhile power supplies, if they fail, they fail safely. But now I'm in need of a charger. I have been toying with the idea of ISDTQ8, but I don't know. I use two chargers per 24-volt power supply, so I still have one GT500, so I just need one isdt ISDTQ8, but the way they connect is completely different. I do know how to solder, but I do prefer to have industrial manufactured cable adapters. I would buy just two ISDTs and have one Revo setup and one ISDT, but I wanted to really just buy one. Problem is my low budget at the moment. As you can tell, the GT500 is the lowest end of the Revo Electrics uh, line, and when I bought them, they were being discontinued. Still supported while the company existed, so really inexpensive. Right now, I just bought a used Goblin 500 airframe to fix my rekit crash, which sets me back a little, and I have been thinking maybe even better options to get another used Revo, even if a higher-end one to pair with the GT500, so I have time to make a decision as I gather the funds. So I wanted also to hear, or rather read, your thoughts. <laughs> Man. So, getting a used Revelectrix is fine. You're just not going to get it supported. That's all. Yeah, you know they're good. They're they're great chargers. So if you can find a good and you can find good used ones right now mm-hmm. for cheap, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, how uh, you know the thing that makes me wonder is how cheap is a used Revelectrix right now? You know I haven't looked lately, but I saw a PL8 shortly after the announcement that was less than a hundred bucks. Okay, yeah, that puts it that puts it in price com- uh, competition with. ISDTs new, so, yeah, so okay. But I mean, you're right. ISDTs right now are, the, I think, are the ticket. They're cheap, inexpensive. People are having good luck with them. They can be put in a case if you want them there. You know. Yeah. I mean, um. So the first thought when reading through your email is is that he's he. He's done something, but he's not done it as bad as I did back in my day in that he's gone through a lot of chargers and a charging setups to get where he's at. And I, and when I say back in my day is when I started with Surface, I went through six charge setups before I got onto what's the base of – Yeah. Holy hell. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> um. Yeah, I went through six charging setups, and that's not even to talk about the the two charging setups I went through on Mini Z's, hmm. and uh, that experience is a big reason why I I typically say with good research, you're really not going to be a waste of money on a good charge setup and a good and a good uh, 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 transmitter because they'll take you a long way in the hobby. Spend the money on the charger, spend the money on a radio, the rest will change. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, my biggest thought is, uh, as far as your power supplies, is look at how much uh, wattage you can get out of them. 
Um, because, like, Mike, uh, mm. your power supplies, what are they, 500 watts or 600 watts? Uh, it's like 500 and some change. It's like 500 nominal. 500 and change. And so you run two in your case and one one charger per power Correct. supply. And, and so he's he's got a little over a thousand watts going on in that case. Um, and and that makes it so he could charge like two batteries simultaneously quite easily. Um, I think Actually, right now or <laughs> parallel bro oh yeah in parallel yeah 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 like each side can do uh, two six s five thousands in about twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, I have two chargers on a sixteen hundred watt twenty four volt power supply. And so I, I, I ran on a 1000 for years. So a thousand and above will start to support a lot of chargers. Oh yeah. And so you could, you know, if you get a thousand Watts or above on a 24 volt, volt, um, power supply, you can start to, you can start to support more than one charger in your, in your case easily or more, or have a tap for a friend. And mm-hmm. in hindsight, I'm a little sad. I didn't mention that in the previous episode. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, I would say, you know, eyeball get get a get a, a look to get a power supply that's got good outputs so that's gonna support all your charging uh, your chargers you want to connect to it. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I think we were poking around. Uh, Keith Williams, who made a comment on this episode or the previous episode, he sells you know pre-made um, pre-made three uh, D printed um, case options. So if you've seen one like mine, go ring his ass up. Well, I, and the thing is, is this pre-made option fits a case you can go buy off of Amazon. And so you can go buy your case off Amazon, get his stuff, and then, you know, put it together. Yeah. So. And if, you, I mean, if you've seen mine, you like it. Um, Javier hasn't seen yours. Oh, uh, with the raised deck. It's compact. It's all about compact. Yeah. That's all. You know, ah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she wrote, folks. Uh, FBL project news. Well, this episode is about FBL, so uh, slim news on the FBL project. Uh, I'll say this. There's three controllers remaining. Uh, Spirit, Spectrum, and the CGY760. Um, at the moment, I am working on a swap of one Cosmic 160 for another Cosmic 160. Um, so that's what's going on. I should have that in soon, and the model should be in Cliff's hands soon, and we should be moving along. This instant news, my R5 is no longer flying. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Took one for the team. What could I possibly be missing? Took one for the team. Well, let me, th- yeah. let me think about it. I mean, you're out a helicopter airframe right now, uh, Rich. I'm it out. wasn't like I was flying it. Yeah, I'm out servos and blades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Well, we appreciate it, Shaggy. Uh, Okay. Main topic. (laughs) Let's get this started. Dun, 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 dun. This is when that funky music starts playing. Not that music. Wrong music. Play that funky music. music. No. It's a brick house. Are you trying to sing, right. Rich? Huh? Are you trying to sing? I can't sing, man. Well, stop it's bad. trying. I think it's the medicine they put me on. 
<laughs> Shot in the butt does it every time. Is that it? <laughs> oh man. I hate it when that happens. Oh dude. I think I just made Cliff's whole night. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, come on, let's get on with it. So, what is the fly bar list we are looking at this month? V bar. V bar. V bar. V bar. So, first up, I want to take a moment to thank our friend Andy for letting us borrow hey now. a Mikado V control and a Neo. For what has been probably a f- over a year, full year, mm, close to it. Yeah, I think you got it at Chill Out last year. No, I think I got it. No, at, it's longer than that. I think I got it at Fall Pull Fest 2020. 20. Holy crap! This has been going on way too fucking long. Well, to be honest, that was pre-staged, and we <sighs> got that even even. Yeah, yeah I got the V-bar right as the Protoss was going into flight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, thank you, Andy. You. Uh, we big, love you, man. You big grumpy old man. I I can't promise you that a certain somebody that has may have changed over didn't stick it down their pants. I can't promise you that. I can promise you that I didn't use a freaking screwdriver to pry the case <laughs> off of the helicopter like a certain person on the show does. What? There's more than one person hey. on the show that does that, by the way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. I didn't touch that gyro, thank you very much. And that's why it's not broken in half. Okay, like all the FBL comparisons, Cliff goes first, because he is the one who programmed it from initial to flying. So, Cliff, your turn. All right. So, how long did it take me to program? Okay, there's a bit of a backstory, but once the backstory stuff was straightened out, it took me 11 minutes and 52 seconds to get it up and running and flying. Now... The backstory, somebody switched the slave and the master cable on the ESC before I got it because I had labeled both other ends that go into the fly bar list, you know, just an M and an S to know which one goes where. And that took a while. I was, uh, I had, uh, I called Scott Graham. I talked to him a little bit and then I actually wound up calling Ron at Mikado and talked to him. And we were all shaking our heads. We're like, uh, something's just not right. And he finally came up with the idea. He's like, all right, just for shits and giggles, not his words, those are mine. He said, switch the, switch the master and the slave. And boom, everything worked right away. So Rich hasn't touched it. DePaulo barely touches the helicopter long enough to do anything to it. I don't think Shaggy would do it. I'm going to say Monty changed those cables on me and I didn't know about it. What do you think? What was the previous controller on it before the V-bar? Was that the Icon? Yeah, it was the Brain. Yeah. yeah. So I, don't ha- I still haven't gotten that gyro back. Uh, um, you didn't ask for it back. <laughs> That's right, I asked for money. That's right, you did. Um, 
My only thought on that one, Cliff, is I know that we've had to move the throttle over to the Fataba receiver just to stop toying with madness on some of the Flybarless controllers trying to get throttle to work. Okay. So. I don't know. Anyhow, don't know. One, once that was, and you know, that's that's a real world problem. It, I mean, it happens. So that was, it was, yeah. it was good. But once all that was straightened out, yeah, dude, it was, it was really quick. I mean, the, the controller walks you through what to do do this do this and yeah i mean 11 minutes 52 seconds i was done and i was looking around like uh forgetting to do something there's got to be something else that needs to be done um and uh yeah, that was it took it outside and flew it that was it yeah um so that cool. was getting servos going the right direction getting everything hooked up Doing the whole thing. It it does all that in the transmitter by itself. You don't have to tell the gyro which way to go. You don't have to tell the servos which way they they. You know you have to tell it. You know wire or uh, top up wires forward wires back something like that. Right. And uh, yeah, then you do go through. You can you can switch the uh, to make sure everything's moving the right way. Make sure the the servos are moving the right way, but you don't have to do anything. As far as the gyro correcting it, it does all that by itself. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'd owned V-Bar before V-Control existed, and they had a very mature wizard for getting the initial configuration done. I have no knowledge. I would say that every system that uses a wizard in software on a computer uh, was probably heavily influenced by Mikado. Mm. So... Um, yeah, because is Mikado's been doing it for years. Mikado's been doing it for over a decade. Uh, everyone else hasn't been doing it that long, so they've all pretty much experienced what Mikado's doing before they went and made theirs. Uh, keep on going, Cliff. All right, so the uh, the pros, the things that I like about it, it is really easy to set up. I mean, and this is for somebody not knowing anything about it. I mean, yes, I have one now, but I didn't at that time. It was so bad. I actually had to call Jay Treadway just to figure out how to turn it on because you got to, you know, push the button down and turn the knob and all that at the same time. I didn't know any of that. Um, <laughs> Pushing buttons and twisting knobs—that's your specialty, right? Who, who's complaining about V-Bar now? Is it my turn yet? No, it's not your turn. Go back to Shut sleep. The f- up, Mike. Okay, perfect. Good. <laughs> um, Jay was actually like, "You're kidding, right? You know how to turn it on?" I'm like, "No, dude, I don't have a clue how to turn this thing on." <laughs> yeah i had the benefit of learning that uh i got i got taught by uh 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 why oh, can't i remember his name ninja why oh, can't so i remember joe reyes joe reyes Ray taught yeah. taught us and i happen to be a party to mike learning as he had that question go how the hell do you turn this order off <laughs> wait a minute let me get this straight let me well let me get this straight 11 minutes and 52 seconds to program it an hour and a half and a phone call to figure out how to turn it on Dude, for real. Then I had to turn it on. Okay. So Casey gets this thing. We're sitting at a clubhouse. And I turn it on. I'm like, okay, that was easy. And um, cue 10 minutes of trying to figure out how to, how to turn the damn thing off. <laughs> All right. Just for everybody's benefit, how do you turn it on? How do you turn it off? You push and twist the knob the opposite direction. Yeah. Which is really <laughs> obvious when you think about it. So the funny thing is, I, I just noticed this after you guys talking about this. I never realized that, and I turned it on and off without a problem. Well, so turning it off took me a little while, but turning it on, I just did it. 
and it turned on. Didn't even think about it until you guys oh, yeah. talked about it. That part wasn't bad because Joe Ray's vinyl that he had on that radio, it's it had a push and twist to turn on symbol. I was like, oh, that's obvious. Oh, so what, well, this one didn't. So I, but I somehow figured that out. But turn it off took a little while. I kept trying to push and turn in the same direction, hoping a menu would pop up or something. Nope. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. So anyhow, let's see uh, more pros. What else do I have here? Oh, so um, it's it's really nice that you can. Everything is set up in the Neo. So once you get your, your helicopter set up and programmed, you go to the flying field, you're like, oh, I forgot my transmitter. If you've got a friend there that's got a, a V-Control, a Touch or a Classic, you can fly it with theirs because all the settings are in the Neo, not in the transmitter. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's their best feature. Yeah. That's, well, and everything talks to it pretty easily. The, uh, the ESCs for telemetry... The doing buddy box setup stuff, everything just talks to one another pretty easy and without cables. Yep. Uh, another good thing, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are using V control. And mm-hmm. the good thing about that is if you go to a flying field somewhere and you got a problem or a question, more than likely there's going to be at, at least several people there that are able to help you out. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's huge. Um, it flies, it flies pretty, it flies good on stock settings. Um, I, it's not, it doesn't fly the way I like it to fly. There's some things that I did certainly change, but straight out of the box, it actually flies pretty well. So what kind of things did you change? Well, you want me to tell you what I changed? Yeah, just briefly. All right. So I turned the, I turned the style up. I'm sorry. I turned the style down. I turned the agility up. And I played with the tail a good bit because I guess maybe I was just so used to the Futaba where straight out of the box with a CGY 750 or 760, it's fast and it's precise. And it when you let go of the stick, I mean, it just locks in right there. It wasn't there on this, so I had to, uh, I had to play with that a good bit. I actually had to go into the eye setting in the, in the tail and... Uh, and I think I turned that up, I think. I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure I turned it up. But that was my biggest thing. My biggest complaint was the tail, uh, how it didn't. It would, it would. I, I can't remember the setting you need to touch. But, the, yeah, I know there is there is a specific setting, and I learned about it years ago from our, our dearly departed heli friend, Charles Rosario, because that setting has been there forever. Um Oh, what's the name of that setting? I have to go find It's in the expert menu on your tail. Can you read the settings off the expert menu on your tail, uh, Cliff? In the in the transmitter? Yeah. I, I didn't write them down. So you got to have a V-control close by. Pretty far across the room, actually. I'm in another room <laughs> recording. I can't look at anything right now. Yeah, there's a specific setting, and it, it makes the tail feel slow as f- and I, I watched actually DePaulo just fucking lose himself over that setting for a moment. That was bullshit. Had to go dig in the manual for that. I went into the eye gain. Um, uh, once once I got into the eye gain, I'm I'm pretty sure I turned it up. I think I turned it up about 10, 10 points, and that's when it started getting better. I'm like, let me go up just a little bit more. I went up about I think five more points, and it was good then. I was happy with it. I had done some overspeeds with it. The tail was 
it was not not doing the VVVB bar thing that I'd always made fun of everybody doing. So anybody that has the tail that's you know not happy with them on overspeeds, there are settings in there that you can go in there and fix that. Other than that, I mean the cons, the the the, the thing that I absolutely hate about it is you have to have the helicopter plugged in and turned on to do any kind of setting changes. Uh, so you can't even, you can't turn your transmitter on and look at it and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to change my curve. Um, you can't change anything with anything because everything is in the Neo. I don't like that. That's my biggest thing. That's actually yeah. the only complaint that I've got about it. So that's a love-hate thing. Uh, well, it's cool to have it there. There's no love there. No, I hate it. I, I hate that part. I, yeah. I just wish I could open it up and, I mean, like I said, anything, throttle curves, you know, any curve, anything that you want to make change, you've got to turn the whole helicopter on. Yeah, the setting I'm, I'm talking about is acceleration. Yeah. Oh, oh, and another thing that we need to mention on here, too, is, and I didn't know this at the time, I just recently learned it. The Classic, the V-Control Classic, which is what we were using, automatically turns the optimizer on. You actually have to go in and turn it off. So every time you're flying, it's actually trying to make your, it's trying to, to it's trying to put its settings where you're flying all by itself. The Touch does not do that. The Touch, you actually have to go in and turn it on to have the optimizer on. And anyhow, other than that, just one little note that I've got to let everybody know, because um, I, I got asked a lot this past weekend, why did you switch? Why, why did you switch? It was it had nothing to do with, uh, with doing the test on the V-Control, nothing at all to do with it. The biggest reason why I switched, got away from Futaba, is because it pisses Monty off. So anything I can do to piss Monty off makes us happy. I'm okay with this. But where are we going? I guess that's as good a reason as any, man. What he doesn't realize is now I don't have to deal with his dumbass questions. Oh, you're still going to deal with really, him. I'm really happy. No, I don't. I haven't heard a Fataba question from you in like months. That's because you've been too busy riding motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, I've had I've had Fataba questions, but I haven't called you either. You just don't pick up a phone. Yeah, well, that too. You just stubborn sit there and pound away at it. Yeah, that too. And then I show yeah. up at a contest and go, "Help me fix this." Monty, you did help me a lot with the with the Futaba stuff. You really did. Um, I certainly couldn't. I couldn't. I would not have learned anything with that thing if I didn't have help. That's <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Oh, thank you. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. The way you said that. The way I said it or the way he said it? No, the way he said it. He wouldn't have learned anything without help, he said. Mm. I wouldn't have got uh, the conditions. It's the conditions. I know. You know. You, I know All those settings that most people don't ever use with with a transmitter, I would have never figured out how to use those. I hear you. Anyhow. It would have been, it would have been interesting to see Cliff use a V-Control having never used Fataba. Wow. Okay. To see how fast that 11, 11 minutes and 52 seconds changes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I've had that comment with several guys. There's a difference between, you know, guys say, oh, it takes five minutes to set up a V-Control. Well, if you give it to a newbie 
who's never set up a radio and they're sitting in front of a new helicopter, it's not going to, it's going to take more than five minutes. This is true too. It just is. I mean, it just is. It's just, it's a different, it's a different person. It's different when you know what you're doing or you have a clue what you're doing and when you're just, you're afraid of what button to push it all. Cliff. Yes. Uh, Put a put a bunch of servos in a v in a in a, in a v bar in front of Maddie and have her program one from scratch to moving the swash around. You know what? She's got a raw that's sitting right here that I'm actually putting together because she's with her mom this this weekend, and yeah. uh, I might just let her do that. I'm gonna say here, here's your transmitter. You go ahead and program it up, and we'll see how long it takes her. Yeah, that would be a good. That would be a good test. Because I don't think she's ever changed a setting no. or or programmed a controller. No, she's never set anything up like that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It's not a comparison for the others; just really a comparison amongst ourselves. Because, yeah, you know, you hear that come to the field. Ah, oh, it doesn't take any more than fifteen minutes to set up a V control. Yeah, you're right. It didn't take you any more than fifteen minutes to set it up. <laughs> no, that's good. That's a good um, idea. I am. I'm going to try that. I, she she won't yeah. begin. She's going to take forever. It'll take forever, but that's all right. <laughs> no, that's okay though. It is, but it's and and because she's going to be at the other other extreme of beginner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because she has no clue. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm gonna tell her you said that. She used to like you. I'm gonna tell her you said well, that. Well, she she'll still love me. She knows what I mean. I and I've told her plenty I, of times she doesn't have a clue. <laughs> I wonder how well the uh, wizard will uh, will will guide her. Uh, I think that's going to be the the key. And you know what? The uh, V-Control has a very mature wizard for setting up a fly bars controller. It, it would be interesting because Maddie's going to be nervous about pushing anything. You know Not what I mean? Very possible. Yeah. So. She will be, but like the, the, the menu really does walk you right through it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to her and say, here you go and do it. Just, we'll see how, we'll see how you do the, the biggest problem I've seen, I, I've experienced, and I've watched others run into years ago when I flew V control was was folks. Um, they would get far enough into the setup, and the controller wasn't responding to inputs properly, and so they would reverse everything until it started responding properly. And the thing was, is that they screwed up on like the very first step when they when they told it what the orientation of the controller. Yeah, was. I can see that. Yeah. Mm. Um, moving along. Uh, how many batteries to tune it? It only took me a half a battery to actually get it tuned to where I wanted it. Cool. And uh, I was I was flying. Ting was there when I was doing the 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 setup the test and everything. And Good thing you didn't let him fly. He it. did. He said. He said, "Let me try it." I'm like, mm, "All <laughs> right, here you go." And uh, you know, he flew V control before he went to Futaba, and he was in there and he was changing all kinds of stuff. I'm like, "Wow!" And then he threw down with it. It was neat to see. Hence another another reason I will not be able to fly this battery or get any use from it after it. <laughs> <laughs> This is my, uh, I want to get a pull battery. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, okay, up next, uh, Shaggy. All right, so I don't know when I got it. It was a long time ago. Um, so initial test, initial fir- flight, first flight on it. Obviously, it don't do any changes. all default. And so I took it up, and I did my typical flying you know testing everything to see how the tail holds 
And obviously, right off the bat, I noticed I had some, the tail was not holding the way I wanted to. It was the stop gains were not quite right. Um, I did some, you know, flying maneuvers in between there and noticed that I had some whipping. So I needed to work on work on that. Uh, and then also I did some axial rolls and noticed there was some uh, porpoising a little bit going on uh, with the elevator. Not not porpoising. You had the not nose. Porpoising. You had the nose tuck. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Um, I also noticed that it would if I do a continuous axial roll, it would go real quick and then slow down dramatically. Immediately, I knew what settings those were. Going into the menu was a little bit tricky. Now. For the base of this test, obviously, I'm not going to go to someone and say, hey, how do you program this? Because that defeats the whole purpose. However, I'm using this as a real world, a real world scenario. I'm going to go call some friends that I know and ask, what are these settings? Because here's the thing about VBAR that I've noticed is they have their own algorithm on how this gyro is tuned. So typical gyros like the brain or, or, or the CGY um, they they have the numbers are kind of, like the gain values are what's the proper word to say that they're like they're true they're true numbers uh where v bar is kind of like a scale through one through 100 or it's a number it doesn't really mean any value it's it's v bars and number scale so like style you set your style to like 120 that's a v bar style um, number it doesn't it's not compatible that number does not mean anything with a cgy or an axon or a brain so kind of converting over from you you having doing these gyros that have these number gains that are very similar between gyros and then you go to something that's completely different on its own took me a little while so that's when i that's when i called uh kevin mcgrady and i says okay I'm doing the test. Don't tell me what I need for a 700 size helicopter. Just tell me what does this mean? What is style? What is uh? They have a parameter for stop gain, but it's like, correct me or, or Cliff, uh, help me out with this. But there's two stop gains, and it was a stop gain A and stop gain B. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, going both ways. So, what is A? What direction is A? And what direction is B? Yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't say. So. Best, you know, stuff like that. I, I just, I said, okay, what is this setting? What does it do to the helicopter? He explained. And so that's, I'm, I'm, I didn't ask him what I needed. I'm not, I didn't tell him what the helicopter was doing. I just needed to know the fundamentals of each parameter. What do these mean? What do these do to the helicopter? And then I went from there. Sounds like you could have just looked those up. <laughs> so, yes, theoretically, yes. Okay. RTFM. Yeah, no, that's that's cool, but I'm just saying it looks like those sounds like things you could just look up and find. You can, but I'm using what resources that I have. I've got a friend. No, it's so. all cool, Shaggy. I'm not I'm not dissing you on it. I'm not not at all. I'm yeah. just saying those sounds. But I'm like- saying you can look that up. Uh, you can mm. look that stuff up, or if you have a good friend, call them up. So that's what I did. I asked what these were. Now I now I have a, a baseline what these things do. Now I know what what I, what I can fix on what I, what was going on. So I did a little bit of tweaking on the tail. Uh, immediately, the two things that I noticed that, and I found them easily. I didn't even have to ask what they were. It's default in the V bar to have ten percent um, 
Elevator Precomp and 10% Paddle Sim. I immediately took those two out. Uh, because the Paddle Sim for doing the continuous aileron rolls, it slowed it down. It did a quick off center and then slowed it down. I didn't want that. I want a continuous uh, rate. So I turned those down. I turned that out down completely, and then I turned the um, elevator pre-comp off completely. Because I just, for me, I didn't feel like I needed it. And then I was able to get the gain set a little bit better for the tail, so it wasn't uh, whipping in pirouetting maneuvers, fast-forward pirouetting maneuvers. Uh, it got the jitters out from doing overspeeds, you know, to the point where I it felt solid to me, but it's not as good as I would like it, but it's good enough that I can get it to. Um, uh, another thing I also did before I, uh, I started flying is I wanted to make sure my rotation speed for the tail speed and the tail rotation speed and the, um, LR on elevator uh, rotation speed was set to where I wanted to be. So, so this is, this is where I go back to where numbers don't really matter or numbers are different when it comes to V bar because my tail speed was almost to the max. So Rotation speed, mm. I like between 550 and 600 uh, degrees a second on a tail, on a 700 size model. They don't show that on the V-bar. They show you know numbers. So you've got like 0 to 120, if I'm correct. I believe it's 120 is the max. I was at 110, and that was mm-hmm. my tail speed. So it's like, okay, well, what is 110? What is that continuous speed? It doesn't tell you. That's the only thing I don't like about V-bar is because they use their own number instead of real world numbers like ro- real rotation speed so you just set it to what you what you like and and i guess in a way it kind of gives you you don't get to worry about the numbers like well what, what's my rotation speed i don't want to be too high but i don't want to be too low what should it be well you fly it until you feels right you know 110 feels right what is 110 i have no freaking clue but 110 feels good for me so that makes sense i mean that's kind of yeah yeah but I like to know what is my rotation speed. That's because the, so, the fly barless controls you've been flying set up that way. So I could see. I, I like exactly. it too. I wouldn't. I'm know. used to that. Yeah. Exactly. I, yes, I'm used to that. But here's the thing, though. But I can see because V bar focuses on getting people started into the hobby and making it very, very, very easy. Someone that's getting started may not know what 500 or 600 degrees a second really means. They see this number and they're like, I don't get it. I want a, I want it dumbed down from a scale to 0 to 100 or 0 to 120. So it makes it a little bit easier. There's not that much information out on it to confuse you. I totally get that. Honestly, if if I found V-Bar... Well, if, if VBC was out when I started, I would have been flying it. Yeah. Because it's that easy. So... So the, so going from... That was my characteristics on flying. It did... I did do, I did do two batteries... Uh, from starting to set up to, I like it. It's good as I'm going to get it, and I'm going to enjoy it. I could fly it the way I had it on the second battery. Could I do some more tweaking, like all the gyros? Yes, mm-hmm. I can do more to get it more advanced. But that's not the base of this test. Mm-hmm. So, I got it done in two batteries. Um, so my overall thoughts on on it is the my pros for it is it was very fast to program. Uh, and it was very easy to explain. So in the gyro itself, or in the radio itself, I mean, everything, even though it's their own terms, once I called Kevin McGrady and he told me, okay, this is what, this changes this, this changes this, this changes this, I had that thing flying the way I like it pretty quickly. The head took no time to get 
to the way I like. The tail took a little extra work. Uh, and I will say that, and that's, that goes into my cons. So my cons is the tail, the tail isn't as solid as I want it. Mm-hmm. So I like the way, out of all the gyros I've flown, the CGY is by far the best the best tail feeling I've ever had. It's solid. It takes a little work to get it there, though. And that's the thing. It's, it's, it's a little bit harder to get the tail solid, but once you got it solid, it's locked in and it's perfect. The brain is a close second. Uh, mm-hmm. V-Bar, I want to say, I, I, I even think that, I hate to say this, but I even think B-Stex is, is a little bit better. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just the tail isn't my favorite part of the gyro. Yeah. But I'll fly it any day of the week. Well, Not you were problem. able to get it into where you wanted it or where you liked it. So yeah, of course, you know. But you know the funny thing out of this whole entire test is this is a completely different helicopter. I have flown many other people's V bar setups. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. All the helicopters have been different: different weight, different dimensions, different size, different ratios, everything. Mm-hmm. But I could tell there was a V-bar in this helicopter. That is the funniest thing because a V-bar flies like a V-bar. Hmm. That's interesting. I could tell I could tell that this was a V-bar flying in the helicopter. Hmm. I mean, obviously, I, I could tell because I was flying it. But uh, so I just I can tell that just by the way it's flying, like based off the last gyro, which was the, the brain, it's a night or day difference. I can tell this is a V bar flying in this helicopter. I can tell it's a V bar, mm-hmm. and that's just so weird because every other, every like all of Scott's Graham's helicopters I've flown, whether it was a nitro or electric, anything else, I could tell that they were they were V bar fly. There was a V bar gyro in there. Sherman Martins, I could tell there was a V bar in those. Um, Jay Treadways, I could tell they were a V bar in them. They they all those were seven hundreds, all completely different seven hundreds from nitro to electric. I could tell they all flew the same. Mm-hmm. That says something, that they all flew the same. So, sometimes, yes, it could, it, could, it could matter because they're very consistent. You can have many brands fly exactly the way you want it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it could be a downside because every helicopter has its own characteristics. And if you can't notice those characteristics, then... Why fly a different helicopter? Uh, I've said it. I've said it many times that most of the characteristics people think a helicopter has is much more the gyro than the helicopter airframe. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, because people's one-offs on a helicopter, like 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 Scott, let me fly his his raw. Uh, uh, think during chill out twenty twenty one. Yeah, and. Uh, I was like, yeah, good heli. But most of what I was feeling is not the raw. It is the V-bar. The gyro. Yeah. Uh, one thing that, you know, like one thing I find that there's certain things that you'll figure out that can kind of show you a characteristic of a setup or of the airframe. Overall, though, I was very impressed with with the gyro. And, you know, I, a lot of people know that I'm very anti-V-bar. And it's only because I've had very poor uh, experience with it with the silver lines and the mini i and i've always said it many times before doing this test like i have no doubt that it's a it's a i have no doubt it's a good unit it's just not for me well after this i enjoy it more than i previously did now am i going to go out and pull a cliff and sell all my fatabas and buy a v-control hell no pull a cliff (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, hell no. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, well, you can't pull a cliff because there's no there's no new V bars to be purchased. That's <laughs> a point. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. I I very well enjoy Fataba despite its complexity. But for a everyday going out beater, like for the raw, for example, that's going to be my beating machine. Yes, I could see myself flying a V bar in there if it was possible. But am I going to go out and buy a V control? No. But if 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 I had the option, if someone handed me a V control, says this is yours, here's a Neo, put it on a heli, I would put it on the raw. Yeah, that's what I said too. Wait just a little bit and see what happens. <laughs> I'm not that's what I said one. too. It would have to be yep, handed yep. to me. It would have to be handed to me. But it, it, I'm not. I'm a, not going to sell it. There's a large difference in in budgets between Shaggy and Cliff. Huh. <laughs> uh, it would have to be literally handed to me and says this is yours. Uh, no, I and it'll only be for that one model because I want the Fataba for for precision flying, and that's what it's perfect for is precision flying. For a beater that I'm gonna crash every once in a while, I don't care. I don't care if it's precise or not. Um Though I will say I am enjoying the CGY seven sixty on the raw. It's pretty damn good. So I say that now, but if someone does hand me a V control, ah, I don't know. That 760 is pretty good. There's no doubt the 760 is great. The V control is easier. Easier to set up. And there you go. Like, like there you go. It, so if I'm not trying to get it precise, like I said, a beater helicopter, I don't care if it's precise because I will plant it in the ground every once in a while. I want something where I can get it back in the air yeah. quickly and change any settings that I want quickly. The V bar will be the one for that. But for a precision flying helicopter, if I want to do F3N, F3C, uh, or just really precise maneuvers, you know, really precise 3D, the 760 is the key for that. I think there's a lot in the fingers. I don't, I mean, I, I'm not going to take anything away from the transmitter. I'm not, because it's a great transmitter. The, the, the Futab, it's a great transmitter. And it's great for precision. I swear... I'm, I mean, I'm going to find out. I'm going to try to see if I can get my V-Control stuff tuned up just as Go good. Go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, give it a shot. Uh, try it at Monty's uh, Mid-Atlantic Heli yeah, That's heli what event. I plan to do. Yeah. Uh, you ain't... Ah, Cliff, I got all your old stuff. You got a problem. <laughs> Dude. So, okay, I'm going to... So, I'm going to add something new real quick, and then I'm done. But the feel of the radio, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The feel of the radio is really good. I love the switch spacing, the switch layout. It's really good. Compare that to the, to the 16iZ, it's hand down better. I mean, I'm sorry. The 16iZ is just because of the switch spacing, it's terrible. Not, not to say that the 16iZ is not a good radio. It's I love that radio. I use that more than my 16SZ because of the integration and how just the way it feels in the hand is good. It's just the switch spacing. The V bar, the V control, the switch spacing is great, and the way the hell, the way the radio feels is good. I enjoy holding that radio because it's comfortable. Yeah, I've heard that from other people too. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good radio. I they did a decent job making that radio. Now this is the classic that we were, we were using. We weren't using the touch, so that might be different. I don't care. As far as the classic goes, the classic one is solid. Um, you done talking? Yeah, I am done talking. <laughs> You're next. Or no, Mike's next. God, you talk about somebody that's rattling the hell on. 
This is an important topic, okay? It is an important topic. The CGY review is coming up. Yes, it is. And so I, I this is this is one of the two re, uh, gyro topics that people have been wanting to hear. Oh, I know. So yep. we're gonna give it to them. And I'm giving my honest opinion. I, I and we appreciate it, Shaggy. We do. We do. We're just. I do enjoy it. Will I switch? No, but it's good. I see. I see why people like this so much. All right, Monty, you're up. Are you all done, Shaggy? Why would you do that? What? I am done. <laughs> Put you, you up? Hey, Monty, because... you're up. Anything else, Shaggy? What the hell? Shut up, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you'd pick. Never mind. Um, so, dude, you put very little down here because you evidently don't want us to know what you were going to talk about. <laughs> or because it was that perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go. So, uh, first up, I will say, and, and you guys have heard me say it before, so roughly from from 2012 to 15, to 2012 to 2015, I flew V-Bar Flybrush controllers with a Fataba radio. I was going to say without V-Bar control, though. Without V-Bar control. So, I am very well versed in the settings. I, you know, this is, this is, this is handing me a bicycle that I haven't ridden in a few years and be like, oh, go, go have fun. Yeah. Easy enough. So how long did it take me to tune it? A battery. <laughs> a battery. Um, no, that was like flying around for 30 seconds, landing, turning around, smiling, laughing. We're asking what? And he said, it flies good. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Shit, five, no, five years ago is now 2017. This is going to be almost seven years ago now. Charles Rosario taught me about acceleration of the tail. Yeah, that setting. <clears throat> that made a big it, difference. It's slow. Uh, 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 the, 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 if you walk up to a helicopter and move your rudder back and forth quickly, move the rudder stick back and forth quickly, you will see your tail is not following your inputs as quick as you're giving them. The acceleration is slow. Turn the acceleration up. The tail will start to follow your inputs just as fast as you give them. And all of a sudden, tweaking every, tweaking all the gains, tweaking expos. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it's no longer an issue. Um, yeah, I, I picked the helicopter up to a hover, figured out, it picked up a hover, did some pirouetting, figured out that it wasn't pirouetting flat, it did some rolls, figured out it liked to tuck its, it liked to tuck its nose, uh, turned on the trim flight option, and then that's when I uh, pirouetted it and uh, jabbed some inputs to keep it level while I was pirouetting in a hover. And that solved, you know, flat, pirou- flat pirouette to hover, <clears throat> and that uh, remediated the uh, nose tucking on axial rolls and fast forward flight. Past that, I'd turn the acceleration up so that the tail would follow the my inputs, and I was fine with it stops and whatnot. Um, I had turned the tail optimizer off as well as I, I don't need it on continuously trying to optimize the optimize of an optimized. <laughs> um so yeah no i i smiled laughed because yeah the the v-bar is uh you know 
V control, you know, Mikado put a, they improved their interface on what was already a mature and well, and well liked flybarless controller. And mm-hmm. that's what has them in a leading spot in the, in the helicopter segment of this, this hobby. Um, so yeah, I did, you know, I did, I, I basically was half a flight. Uh, I did a full battery. I, I tuned those couple of things and then I did another flight on the helicopter. Wish I could have flown it more, but I need to get it over to Mike. Um, I need to get over Mike so he could do it. Cause we, we, you know, we went out of the field that day to get this done. Um, pros, um, it's a good flying flybars controller. It's, you know, with that mature design, I mean, what, what do they say? What do they say on the Mikado, the Vistabi website, pioneer flybarless? Um, you know, Mikado is probably the longest running flybarless controller in our, in our, in our segment of, you know, in the hobby who's still active. You know, uh, I want to say, what was the company who's doing tail gyros before it was a low cost uh, option to a Fataba before Flybarler's heads were the th- all the rage? I don't remember, but there was there was others who did it. And they had, you know, FMA. they had three. G- was that was it FMA? No. Uh, who did the quirk? No, it's going to be Mike or Rich to recognize that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You remember hearing about it, though, don't you? Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm trying to think of the name of the. I guess I could look it up real quick. Yeah, I'm beating you on that Spartan one. Spartan gyros. Spartan was it? Spartan was did it? Origi- did a, Spartan did early ones. So did. Um, yeah. Um, Axon wasn't that? Weren't they pretty early too? They were early, it was, but it was only called. It was called Command. Heli, Heli Command, Command or something. Heli Command. Yeah. No. Before before them, you know, before that, what was. So Mikado was first, my understanding. Spartan came out with a system, and the Mikado updated their system more. And then Skookum was there too. Don't forget that. Skookum was there too. All that to say, Skookum. This, all that to say is that Mikado was probably the most mature flybarless controller in the industry for t- active time in industry. You know, they they took what I used to own and they put a. Uh, a, a better user interface on it. You know, you don't have to break out a computer or a phone. Um, that's what we used to do. Uh, and there was once upon a time, a, a wired controller that you plug in and you could adjust settings with too. So uh, pros, it's a very mature uh, flybarless controller. It flies well. They, 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 they know, they know what a heli, they know where to get pilot started at and they can adjust her feel from there. Um, cons, it doesn't fit me. <laughs> right. It doesn't fit me. Um, you know, it's not really a con on the V bar. It was really a con on the test. We couldn't have, we didn't have telemetry. That would be an additional cost because, um, our telemetry, uh, is using Katronic and we have a Fataba tell me on there. Um, we could have bought a Vastabi and put it in there, but that was a downside when testing this helicopter. No, I, it, it doesn't fit me in what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, I, you know, I would say it could be a con, but people would argue with me in that, um, everyone's always selling how quick it is to program to get your helicopter flying. Um, and for some people, 
that really matters, whether it's because they're a newer pilot and they, they don't want to spend a month getting it programmed, you know, every weekend trying to get it right before they take out and fly it because they're new to RC helicopters. Or they smash a helicopter every, every you know, every day they fly and they're trying to get the helicopter back to nurse it back to health so it can fly it some more. Um, me personally, I don't care about how quick it is to get it flying. I care more about how it flies. So that's all I got to say. Rich, Cliff, others, questions? Well, that, that's where I get into the picture of, like, for a heli that I don't care about, I want to fly it and beat the crap out of it, and you know, for a fun fly, then yes, something quick and easy to get it back in the air is, is what I need. But if I want to fly more precise, then obviously I'm going to go for Taba. I... Because I will say there is a difference between a heli that I want to smack down and beat the crap out of versus a heli that I want to fly. Yeah, there's a huge difference. Having a having a CGY in your raw has not stopped you from smashing it. I think twice now. Yes. Well, <laughs> first time Shaggy. was not my fault. It was and it well, wasn't. Guys, Second time, I just got I played chicken with a tree. Yeah. You were matter. enjoying a flight and you and you and you flew it. You flew it through. You know, you flew it into a tree. Um. You know, like I I I have my my have my XL Power Five Twenty back together. And yeah, one of the longest things is probably you're not one of the longest. One of the things that I would say would possibly take more time is I I put a swash level on it. That would possibly take more time with a CGY than a V control. That that I that I would I could I could foresee like no doubt about it. Well, I'm not necessarily sure that really makes it quicker in in a in a big picture, or just you know that one spot's quicker and you're going to get flying anyways. So. And and also, you know, Chris Diamani does pretty well, and he flies V control on his F three C stuff. He does, and that he does. He is an exceptional pilot as well. He he is an exceptional pilot. And one of the things he has going for him that is not going for three out of the five of us here is age. <laughs> he learns things to put it in practice with his fingers fast. That's not something going for Rich Cliff and myself. I'm going back to, to <laughs> Shaggy's thing for saying, you know, precision Futaba. Um, maybe, like I said, I, I can't say that. I don't know because I haven't so, done it, but Chris can, can do it. So it's not a secret, but most people don't dig at it to find out because it actually would take effort to dig at it. And it doesn't matter to them. If you go look through, uh, the listed gyros or the listed fibros controllers and transmitters, it being used at the world level in F3C, you will find there is a lot of Fataba transmitters and a lot of V-bar Neos or Silver Lines. It's probably a Neo, but it's the it's the Neo version that doesn't require V-control. Um, there's a lot of guys who are competing and winning at a world level, and they got a V-bar in the gut of that hel- in the in the in the belly of that helicopter, and they got a Fataba transmitter in their hand because 
there is things that the, the V control doesn't give you if you're looking to do F3C, but that the 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 V bar flybars controller is really mature. It's really good, but it doesn't give it to you. You know, the transmitter won't let you add it. Chris has the benefit of being young and being able to take his and be able to take things he learns and put them into practice quickly. He has he has that benefit. I don't. <laughs> and it'll it'll be fun to watch Cliff as 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 I expect him to start figuring it out. Um one of the things will be interesting is 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 to push on Cliff to tr- to start delving into maneuvers he's not comfortable doing that will force him to learn some things. Well, that's pretty much this whole new schedule. Everything about this year is completely new. Yeah, it really is. It is, but it's going to be in the hovering side. It's going to be in the hovering side where 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 it, it should it should show up quicker for you. Um, you know, the flying maneuvers in a V bar, dude. Go take go hand me a V bar and I'll show you the F three C schedule yeah. in flying. Not a not a big deal. Um, it's the hovering. <laughs> The, the, um, there's things inside the Fataba that make hovering easier. It's not that it can't be done. It can be. Just things in the Fataba that make it easier to actually hover the helicopter. Not going to say to program it for hovering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think I've taken a, a swipe at this horse enough. <laughs> uh, any other any other items? Any other no, ammo I so I can take so. another hit and swing at this horse? Oh, no. I think there's horses coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, you Just, know, I mean, I think you've been really fair. I really do. I, 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 I think you were way more fair with it than what I thought you were going to be and probably what every other listener out there thought you were going to say about it. <laughs> You know how many people are now di- wildly disappointed? You just didn't give them a bash fest. But there's not V bar blood. Yeah, I, I mean, Lamont is our is our you know local antagonist of V control, and and believe me, I I fired back at him after I flew the helicopter. Oh, that all day. the time. Oh no no I I didn't I didn't fire I didn't fire I didn't fire uh uh. uh I didn't fire memes or jokes. I fired one across his freaking bow. And Lamont, Lamont, Lamont said, really, tell me more. I want to learn. Yeah. Lamont is a guy that likes to learn, but I will say. He likes to learn. When he first picked up the V-bar, the whole experience of him asking me to fly it was, I think, a direct encapsulation of everything you just talked about. Namely, it was easy to get going. The user interface was good. But to get to all the finer points and details of making it fly truly awesome, you got to dig. And you got to spend some time uh, either asking people who know what they're talking about or really trolling through that online wiki. Because when I first flew his helicopters, I'm like, you know, it's a V-bar. I know it can be better. This flies like shit. He'd be like, what do you mean? It flies great. And I'm like, here, fly my E5. And he's like, damn. I'm like, yeah. Now, we can make your V-bar fly pretty damn good, though. And I'd sat down with him in between stuff he learned and stuff I was learning between always flying Jorays as hellies when he hit him to me to fix. Um, learned a lot. And turns out you can make it fly really damn good. But yeah. the, it was like the, the barrier to entry is very low. But the skill ceiling is very high. 
Yeah, honestly, that, that echoes my experience with the V-Bar when we played with it. Yeah, I guess I'd almost compare it to uh, racing go-karts. Yeah, anyone can hop in a go-kart, but if you want to be formula level good, it's it's up there, buddy. It takes effort. Yeah. Um, no, I, I yeah, and I've said it before, I heavily looked at V-Control. When I was flying my 8FG with a V-Bar, I heavily looked from going from the 8FG into V-Control, but it didn't have features that I considered to be required for competition. So I didn't do it. Um, I don't feel bad for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, DePaulo, give us your uh, give us your review, brother. I'll, you know the worst part I'm is it, it's going to be an echo, of basically what you said. <laughs> um, minus the part about having owned one, I have flown many of them. I've been handed many people's helicopters to take home and fix, and had to learn how to fly them. I remember. Uh, a fun experience. I can't hold this against it anymore since they've since fixed it, but um, I'll make a tangent about that later that has to do with the German mentality of you stupid user, we know how to do it perfect. Don't try to change the formula. Um, <laughs> but learning from when uh, Joe and all them first got Nitro, they handed it to me and I spent hours on the phone with Tim Jones at night trying to figure out how the hell he had put in throttle curves and all that for properly tuning a nitro engine. Uh, so that was an interesting experience. But uh, my overall experience with the gyro was much of the same. It is very easy to get it going. The default tunes are pretty solid. Not surprising, they put a lot of time and effort into them. However, the stumbling blocks all started when it was, okay, how do I get to the good stuff? Um... I don't consider myself pro. People tell me I am. I, I don't make a dollar on this nonsense. <laughs> but the catch was, okay, where, where are the goodies at? And uh, there was quite a bit of digging. And then there was begging to Robert to just tell me what this stupid-ass setting is called. Uh, until he kind of <laughs> he kind of nudged at it because we were losing daylight at that point. And he's like, hey, go in the tail menu and, and look at the names and... Yeah, you, you'll, you'll see which one you might have to deal with. And sure enough, it, what was it? It was like the tail acceleration or something? Acceleration. Yeah, that one. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I was looking for. Why is it called this? That doesn't even make any sense. So yeah. there was a lot of that in digging through the wiki, which uh, that's, that's probably my gripe with it. From a pure oh, user experience, that's my big gripe is... To get the damn thing to fly nice is a lot of searching and a lot of fooling around and digging to try and find the settings you're looking for. Once you know them, it's really not all that bad. I can't say I've taken this thing to competition, so I can't really speak on that. But getting it to the last 10 to 15% for 95 or 100%, I shouldn't say it's impossible. But, well, for me anyway, I'm never happy with it, right? Tim Jones, the second coming. <laughs> Um, but to get it to that 100% locked-in feeling, trickier. Definitely trickier. I would expect... That. I mean, there's no gyro out there, really, that you can do that just off the bat with. But this one was a bit of a pain in the ass where uh, there really aren't any tooltips or anything. That was the one... <laughs> I hated the Java software that they had on PC, but that was the one redeeming quality, I think, that there were tooltips. 
So oh, even though, yeah. so even yeah. though things had these goofy ass names like Tail Dynamic or uh, another one would be Bell Hiller Mix from a, oh, I think the Heli Command had that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Na- names yeah. that made sense if you were the guy who programmed the control loop and you knew exactly what it did. <laughs> but some random guy just picked up the radio and like the hell is Bell Hiller? What is Tail Dynamic? I know it says t- it does something with the tail, and it's probably very dynamic. Okay, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> so, um, the, tell the me thing, more. Tell me more. Never mind. So that I was. Would, I would say, go mm-hmm. keep going, Mike. Keep going. Yeah, I mean that was my, essentially my my experience with it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good gyro. It's the the barrier is very low to get something rolling. It's half decent. Getting to the top of the skill ceiling with it though was a little bit of a pain in the ass. I would think. Uh, I mean, the wiki's cool. It's there, and you can look it up. Navigating it was a little bit funky but i got through it you're talking about the uh vstabi web page yes, right the vstabi yeah. yeah the one you pointed me to yeah the the vstabi.info page is that that page is 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 uh invaluable for vbar owners yeah, if you want to actually learn how to really use that unit you need to go dig through that or yeah. find someone who can explain the stuff that's being talked about in there but yeah. um yeah i guess we're we're keeping this to the gyro, right? So I can't really level my complaints at hardware, can I? Nope. All right, I'll. I'll uh, well, I'm no, I'm not going to get into the drama on hardware. Yeah, I'll, I'll save my complaints about that for if someone wants to hear a soapbox in the field. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the software, yeah, it's it's good software. I don't think you're. I don't think you're going to say anything about your complaints in the hardware that haven't been said on every podcast. Yeah, before. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> A web page, mm-hmm. a trade show, and I, phone call. Ever. I think the horse is thoroughly beat into a pulp and processed into glue at this point on that topic. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. I I will. Um, Just that. Yes, I'm yet another one of those detractors who believes it is uh, one step away from a Fisher Price product. <laughs> <laughs> so two there things. Was. Two things. One, um, one, you know, Mike knows, like, I, I choose and I use an Apple iPhone because it does the job and I don't care to be playing with mobile phone stuff. I, I toyed around with ROMs and whatnot on mobile phones over a decade ago, and I, I don't have time for it. And while I may be interested, I don't have time for it. I just want a phone that works. Uh... I have time and I want to take time and therefore I own Fataba because I'm trying to do something different. For those who would like to own an iPhone or equivalent, the V-Bar is really mature and it works and it's not that complicated. For, like Mike was saying, 85% of the tune. I would challenge all the V-Bar owners out there and here it comes. To go dig into the to go dig into the Vstabi website <laughs> and tune that gyro a little more. Because I can see, while watching you fly, you ain't tuned it for shit. Fling those sliders, man. If they did, you know what? Here's a vote of confidence. If you truly believe believe in your gyro, you should be able to fling the sliders around to a, a moderate degree and not annihilate your helicopter. Meanwhile, you'll have a good chance to learn what the hell that sliders actually do. Like, how does P gain actually affect the rotor head? What does tail dynamic do to my tail? 
it's not going to wildly fly out of control. I, every time we got a new gyro for testing, I went and did that to see what the settings actually did. And then they couldn't say it only takes five minutes to set one up. <laughs> to, to, Sorry. It does only take, no, because just to set it up and get it flying does is very, very quick. It's just not completely tuned in. Yes. I. Well, and that is, that is my, that has been my biggest issue with the sales pitch. That's mine too. Five minutes to, it takes 15 minutes to set up. Okay. Did you tune it? No, it flies great. As I watch their helicopter, I can see that they did. No, no, I can see, not here. I can see that the tail is lagging behind on on collective inputs on the elevator. Like, why isn't this? You know, like like you when you pitch pump up and down, the helicopter is going to start backing up, or. They've in in Mikado actually got better about this from the original release to now. They didn't select enough collective, you're not collective enough cyclic pitch to 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 for the for the algorithm to be able to respond correctly. When you do hard stops, the rotor disc would dip because it didn't have enough it didn't have enough cyclic uh, to react to what was happening to the helicopter. But these are all things to be tuned. But I sit there and watch people fly and be like. The helicopter could use some tuning, and that person would probably be really happy with the helicopter, because otherwise they're just they're just forcing their fingers through the motions and not really happy with how it flies. But they'll tell you they love it. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you they love it. They won't. They tell may you not that- even know. If again, I'll go back to the same thing I've always said. If they don't know, then they don't know. If so, yeah. If they true. don't know that they're not happy with it, then that's it. And this is where being young and being old in this hobby has its pros and cons. <laughs> being young, when the helicopter doesn't do something pure, like if you give a collective and it needs elevator in order to keep level as you climb out, the young guy will see that and learn to input elevator. The old guy just corrects it after it's done. Or he tunes it. Or you can tune it. But the you know you just don't know if you don't feel like your helicopter like if you didn't give it that input if you didn't give it you know like if you do a climb out and at the end of the climb out you need to give it rudder to point the tail back towards you tune the freaking model <laughs> demand more it's there your gyro has it V bar has the ability to fix this kind of stuff that you know if you got the right size blades on there and you're riding the you're running the proper head speed and, you know, you've got the right gear ratios that, you know, the, the things where the helicopter isn't, isn't giving you pure inputs. Well, V-Bar has the ability to fix all those things. You can do it. Don't be afraid. Grab a slider, move it around, see how it helps, see how it hurts or see how it doesn't help. Cause it won't hurt. <laughs> I don't know if a V-Bar slider, you can far. I don't know if a V-Bar slider, you can slide too far and have a helicopter blow up. I don't know, but you know what? I'm out of I'm out of, uh, that far bit of knowledge. Just don't slide all the sliders at one time. Do them, a, you know, you <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> yeah, there all you right. go. There's one more thing I want to know, Cliff, and I think you're the only one that can really answer it. Is um, you guys were using V Bar Classic um, to do your setup and stuff. Cliff has a V Bar Touch, and how do you what do you feel the differences are, Cliff? That is it. Um, you know, I mean, is it is it worth the extra money and stuff to go with the touch versus somebody picking up a classic to get started or 
I mean, I think you're the you only one. You can buy a classic. One. Right. You, you, you can buy one, but it will be used. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Oh, I thought they were still making no, them. Uh-uh. There you go. I'm not paying no damn attention. No, they don't make them. It's, it's a, actually kind of an expensive bar to entry in a V bar at the moment. Yeah. If you could buy one. Yeah, I, you know, just I, the only little bit of playing around with it that I've gotten to do at all with the classic was just for our test here. Um, all the menus are there. You know, everything is there. Um, I actually, I, I kind of actually thought that the classic was a little bit easier to navigate through. Um, for some reason, I'm you know, again, I'm pretty stupid. But for some reason, I couldn't figure out that on the touch, the screen that you're looking at, you know, just because you're looking at a screen right there, well, if you touch it and pull it up, like on your phone, like you scroll up on your phone, it actually, on some menus, will pull up a lot more settings, a lot more menus to change stuff. That took me a while to figure that out. Well, I guess it's a dumb question if it's not even available. So yeah, so- anybody that buys it now is going to jump into the touch. If you're buying new, you'd be buying a touch. Um, you can find you can find what is what was towards the end of its sale time was called a classic, but is the original V control that was released. Um, sadly, because of the way everything's going because of COVID and now uh, supply chain interruptions, you can't buy a V bar touch new in the U.S. Right now, you can barely buy a. Yeah, a touch or a neo or anything, but uh, it you know you can it's it's a little bit better than it was a few months ago. Yeah, it's one of those sad things, but it's one of those sad things that you know this is a sign of what's going on out there outside you know the windows and doors of our houses and homes. <sighs> you guys did a good job with that. It was excellent. Thank you, sir. Um, I don't think the emails are going to fly like they thought I thought they were. <laughs> it's a good job. I tell you, I challenge all them Mikado pilots to to make it fly better. Oh, shit, here we go. Now here come the fucking emails. <laughs> make it oh, fly. Make it fly. Make you it couldn't? fly better. Show me. Show me that it flies better. You couldn't stop yourself, could you? Never <laughs> mind. Go ahead. Go there. Stop accepting. Stop accepting the defaults. <laughs> and then you'll find it doesn't take five minutes to set it up. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason that we spend a whole afternoon out there watching our helicopters go in a circle. Mm-hmm. Close out. Check out the other great heli podcasts, Freefall RC Podcast, the Helihead Show, and the Houdini RC Heli Podcast. On Rerun, Skids Up RC Heli Podcast, BK RC Podcast, Inverted Down Under RC Heli Podcast, RC Heli Hooligans, Full Pitch RC Podcast and the OG's RC Heli Nation version 2.0. Please comment on iTunes or Podbean. Help others find the show. If you have questions, uh, feel free to email us. Upcoming events we are attending. Uh, so the next event that most here on the East Coast will probably be aware of and go to is going to be SmackFest 22. Uh, and, um... Amp RC in Miami, Florida. I'm debating going to the event, but I it'll be the last weekend of my school, so it really comes down to is everything turned in and I can run away. <laughs> the last event that for sure uh, that all of us should probably be there will be uh, Heli Spring Fling. Yep, I'll be there. April April 21 through 24. 
Um, the next event after that, uh, I don't have it sanctioned yet, but the dates I am looking at is May 20 through 21. So Friday, Saturday, May 20th and 21st. Uh, I have reached out to a club here in Virginia and asked if they would be willing to host. So I am waiting to hear back. Cool. Uh, see the 2022 Heli Calendar spreadsheet in Google Drive. Uh, scroll down in your favorite podcast app and click the link for more details. Remember, we are in Discord. If you'd like to chat with us or other Heli buddies in real time, search Teleroder or find the invite on our Facebook page. And with that, thank you to all the listeners. And I look forward to seeing you on the field or an email or you to run over my car and be upset with me. <laughs> they don't have to run over your car. They just got to look for your motorcycle. Just run over to my car. Don't run me over. <laughs> all right, guys. Good night. Have a good one. It's been a fun. Toodles, guys. See you later, everyone. Later, folks. Time to go buy a motorcycle. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as we enjoyed taking the time to make them. If you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, you can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com or on Facebook, search Telerotor. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field. Welcome to the bloopers for this episode. We recommend you listen to them in private as the audio is loud and the subject matter a bit sophomoric. Enjoy. All right, let me know when you're going to start recording and I'll mute myself for a little while so I don't make too much noise. Yeah, me too, because I'm still eating dinner. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Telerotor RC. You did not this tell me that you were getting ready to record. Uh, we're already recording. Man, that that intro was gonna be the bob. So you know what? Fuck your life, Cliff. Bing bong. Gotta get some clap clap over there, mother. All right, clap. Um, yeah, I was there. Can we start in like five? You know, five minutes. Why did you start around? I just did. Yeah, I was about to get out of it, and then it just started. It was like, shit. Wow. What are you playing? Give him internet, and all of a sudden, <laughs> he just starts playing games instead of doing podcasts. Okay, give him a little while longer. He'll be riding motorcycles and not doing either one, so it doesn't matter. Bingo. <laughs> this literally be five minutes, and I'm done. What are you playing? Century. Age of Ashes. Sounds boring. Turn it off. Yeah, it does. I thought I heard you guys were playing No Man's Sky or something. He's, Mike's playing that. Uh, I'm done after this.